you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. This is, of course, the Sunday Matt Chat episode. It's where we kick back and talk to some patrons. They send us our video questions, and and then we talk about those video questions, and sometimes we even answer them. You got that right. Anyways, uh, we got a bunch of questions today. We're coming up on Money in the Bank. You look like you have something on your mind. What's up? Nothing going on up here at all. <laughs> all right. Nothing. Well, let's, let's get into the first question. Yeah. Of course, this is from, oh, man, I love these guys. They've been a longtime supporter of Going In Raw via the Patreon, which you can uh, take a look at at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Draft House Games and, once again, special guest, Wrestling Zone, Joey Ryan. Let's see what they have to say. Draft House Games is back with yet another Matt Chat question. Steve and Larson, in your opinions, how long should Kofi hold the belt? And who should take it after him? Hmm. Eh, just keep it on forever. He's good. He's earned it. Just leave it on him. Thank you, Draft House Games, and thank you, Joey. Yeah, so money in the bank is coming up. Of course, Kofi Kingston will be defending his championship there against Kevin Owens. Larson, you go first. Oh, you want me to go first this time? Yeah, sure. Changing things up. Did you um, see the, hold on. Did you see the new Joey? I was looking for this on, uh, did you see Joey Ryan's new shirt? Yeah, the farewell tour one's great. You can get it at prowrestlingtees.com slash Joey Ryan. Of course, you can check out his Draft House Games on the YouTube as well. Uh, yeah. Farewell to the Indies tour. He's signing somewhere, Larson. Ollie Wrestling. He's going somewhere. Um, uh, he's got a swinging lollipop shirt. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. He's Anyways, got some great merch. Yeah, no, he's, um, he's the best. He is awesome. Uh, as far as Kofi, now I feel like he should have a, a, a lengthy and uh, meaningful reign as champion. Sure. I don't want him to have a short reign by any stretch of the imagination. No. And I'm going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself a bit here. However, I don't feel like it needs to be continuous. Yeah. Like, I feel like he can drop the belt in some point in the span of the six months, especially if it helps enhance the story being told. And also, how often have we seen uh, people that have championship titles? I'm specifically talking about AJ's lengthy championship reign uh, last year, where he'd feud with somebody for two or three months, have two or three pay-per-view matches that were good, and then the feud would end on to the next feud. And yeah, AJ's feud was lengthy, but it wasn't exactly memorable. He never really felt like he really had to overcome any real odds. I mean, he had good opponents. Samoa Joe um, probably putting forth the best effort in terms of being a really good foil for him. However, I feel like in the end, you'll just remember AJ's reign for being long, but not much else. Um, but I think with Kofi, they could have a chance here with Kevin Owens to do something interesting. Where the New Day are down a man, Biggie is hurt. Um, you got Xavier Woods who's uh, extremely upset about Kevin Owens uh, attacking him, going after Kofi. You get a dynamic here, which could lead to Kevin Owens picking up the win at Money in the Bank. And then uh, maybe at some point, Kevin Owens takes uh, Xavier Woods 
out of the equation entirely uh, at Money in the Bank. Um, and that's enough to distract Kofi. Kofi loses. And so say that kayfabe-wise, Xavier Woods is injured for a bit. Um, so Kofi now has to win this title back pretty much all by himself. Um, it's not that the New Day's broken up. It's not. It's, it's been decimated more or less by injuries. And so Kofi has to go back and get that title completely by himself. Um, and I think when he captures, recaptures it from Kevin Owens, it's going to make his, his reign feel more, you know, like there's more to it, you know? More substantial. It's more, it's, it, it, they, it, it's more it's, but better. More but better. And they've gone beyond the awesome WrestleMania moment where he captured the belt from Daniel Bryan um, and say, all right, Kofi, now you are firmly established as champion. Um, everybody now views you as champion. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you have the moment of him winning the belt. Awesome, incredible, well-deserved. Um, but now it's 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 you kind of have your cake and eat it too where you take the belt off him briefly so he can go on the chase again to get it back. A lot more storytelling options there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remind everybody how great Kevin Owens is by having them put on the clinic at Money in the Bank. Um, he does great heel work always. I, know, I just feel like there's a lot more storytelling options to have uh, in front of him if Kofi were to win it, or sorry, lose it at Money in the Bank and get it, I don't know, like two weeks later on SmackDown or something. Uh, I, I don't, I don't disagree with much of what you said. I do. It's funny because this whole, the, the, the question of how long should Kofi's title reign be has been a perpetual one since even before mania when it was kind of the writing was on the wall and he was going to win it. Um, and it's, it's made me sort of reflect on the idea of what does a title reign mean? Um, if you go back and look at some of the some of the bigger champions of days past. Uh, go, let's go back to the Attitude Era. Stone Cold Steve Austin, his first title run back in '98, was probably his most iconic, mainly because of the moments involved, not because of the length or even who he was fighting, because that feud really was based around him and Vince McMahon. Mm -hmm. So you had proxies, you had Mankind, you had The Rock, uh, you had uh, Undertaker was thrown in there, I think, at the next SummerSlam. In fact, I think, sorry, I mean, you're Stone Cold, I think his longest run is when is the Alliance days. I think it was. His and first run was, was only 91 days. Right, it was only three months, exactly. And the second was 56, and then 55, and it wasn't till he got it at two, uh, WrestleMania 2000. At WrestleMania 17, sorry, he had 175 days. He was perpetually in the title scene because he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, I mean, what these days, what do you aim for? What what really means success? And I think, it, I think when you look at AJ Styles, you're not looking at simply the year-plus title reign. That is sort of the defining aspect of of his WWE career, however, because it was so lengthy. It encapsulated things like being on the video game cover. It encapsulated things like, you know, we got a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. There was it, there was never a thing where it was like, man, there was a bunch of stinker matches in there. Hmm. What you really need, regardless of whether or not, you need two things, whether or not he loses it and picks it back up again, you need drama. You need adversaries. You need high tension. You need the idea that, He's on his heels, and he went and he and he wins it every single time. Mm -hmm. But you need length as well. Now, whether it's he loses it and picks it right back up, or he just carries it, 
I think you need to get to at least SummerSlam. I'm sorry, uh, at least Survivor Series. Mm. You need to get through another big four, which is SummerSlam. You need to get past that and on to the next big four for it to be considered a reign that means something. Um, and you need a, 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 a bunch of good opponents. Um, I think maybe ultimately what what they should do if if look if if the idea is if they want to say we want to make sure this run for Kofi is definitive is 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 impactful is impactful is memorable you got to beat the only guy on SmackDown that's a real main eventer and his name is Roman Reigns you got to do that maybe you do that even at SummerSlam because guess what there ain't nothing left on on SmackDown for Roman to do and he just got there because nobody is threatening Roman Reigns. You don't turn him heel because they're never going to do that. You say Roman beats up everybody between now and SummerSlam. He takes out maybe maybe everybody but Lars because I, I think they want big things for Lars. Mm-hmm. But after uh, this Elias Shane McMahon business, you have him beat Randy Orton. You have Roman beat Randy Orton. Hold on. There is one heel you're forgetting for Roman to face. Well, you kind of just mentioned him. Shane. Yeah, and Shane. So Roman goes through pretty much everybody that's available on SmackDown, which really isn't a lot, and it naturally lands him in a title scene, and that's with Kobe Kingston. And everybody thinks, okay, well, SummerSlam, they're just going to take the title off Kofi. He's had a good run. He's had a decent run. Roman is Roman, you know. But Kofi's been through gauntlet matches. Now he's about Mm -hmm. to go through Kevin Owens, and I hope Kevin Owens puts him through the ringer. You get to Roman Reigns. Okay, well, your time is up. But he wins. Yeah. You want to see you, know, you want to you want to match the moment at WrestleMania when he won. Yeah. You have him beat Roman clean yeah. at SummerSlam. Yeah. You want that title reign to be impactful. That's how you do it. You have him beat Roman clean at SummerSlam, and then maybe he drops it to Lars at Survivor Series if they're going to go that route with Lars Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he can pick it up, maybe not. But at that point, the point, the at that point, you've done your job. Yeah. At that point, that reign is memorable because he beat Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of the key right there. Yeah. So long story short, I think you just you haven't beat Roman Reigns. Clean. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it, it, uh, Kofi's reign, I think, is going to be defined on the quality of his opponents and the quality of the feud. Yeah. Um, whether he has has the belt for two months, four months, six months, or eight months. I if, mean, if he's not out there putting on really good tile defenses against mm-hmm. really good opponents. Yeah. I really love how this has started, though. Yeah, I love too. Kevin Owens. I think he's me great. Too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got a question from Cult of False Realities. Let's see what he has to say. What's up, Steven Larson? Cult of False Realities here. Let's get into this match chat question. So, my question actually has to do with Becky Two Belts, Becky Champ Champ. At Money in the Bank, she's going to be defending both of her titles. But my question actually had to do with future feuds and who's going to take the title from her. So my question is, which belt should she lose? And which what, who, what two women from each brand should try to take the titles off of her and possibly just feud with? So Steve, you get raw. Larson, you get SmackDown. Please come up with some great female talent that actually deserve to be in a feud with her too sweet hearty handshake thanks guys thank you cult of false realities thank you you go first all right we're switching Uh, things up today so i think this is how it should be i think 
you know, in the question, he specified that you had to name people from Raw. That There's take, no it, it, take that belt. That, that's off. fine. That's fine. It's impossible. It's, Are you trying to say Alexa Bliss can uh, can be up, up up for the task? If you want my honest answer, this is how they should do it. Bailey wins the title at Money in the Bank uh, using a, a cash in. You're creating three major stars at that point. Bailey's got the title, um, and she has kind of an edge to her at that point because she's that basically that's a heel cash in. Yeah. Um, or you can even, I mean, you can even make a, ba- a big star to Bailey by showing up on uh, SmackDown the following Tuesday after Money in the Bank and challenging her straight up. Hey, this is going to go down one on one. I'm not going to do this, you know, the shady way. I'm yeah. going to do it straight up. But I know I can beat you. I know I lost last time, but I can beat you and have her beat Becky Lynch. You've made three big stars right there. On Raw, nobody. It's nobody until next Mania, and then she could drop it to Shayna. Um, I, I, I like Alexa Bliss a lot. I think she's she's terrific, and I think she's obviously showing that she's continuing to improve and learn and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that Becky shouldn't be she shouldn't she shouldn't drop one of those titles. Needs to stay on her for a very long time yeah, because be the, one. the people really love her. The people really really want to see, and they don't want to see. And I don't think that Alexa Bliss has proven anything. I don't think that anybody on Raw has proven a damn thing. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Nobody would really like it. I think that nobody should take it to her, take it from her on Raw. But I think Bailey should take it from her with the Money in the Bank briefcase somehow. Well, but yeah, there's one person you might be forgetting. And granted, she's uh, not exactly on good terms with the company. But if Sasha would return on Raw, I'd like that for like the next like Mania. Okay, so take Shane out. That but at yeah, Mania, yeah. I think Becky should have one of those titles for a no, very long time. No, I think she will. And I think that's why they really loaded up the, the SmackDown Women's Division. Um, so when eventually Becky uh, f- turns her sole attention over to Raw, uh, the SmackDown Women's Division is loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right about Bailey. She should be next in line. Uh, she should win Money in the Bank. She should cash in whether night that night or a scheduled type deal. Um, if not her, though, uh, Ember Moon. Ember Moon's got all the talent in the world. She's fantastic. Um, you, we know we heard that uh, they want to, to, to have uh, whoever wins Money in the Bank coming out of that match looking like Star. Uh, imagine her hitting the clips off the top of the ladder to seal the deal and win a match. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, after that, Charlotte. Yeah. You can always put in the title picture. Yeah. And it'll be, always be good, especially if she's here with Becky Lynch. That is always gold. I would like to see Ember Moon go through a Bailey and a Charlotte before they like were to put that. Because it'll mean so much more. Oh, obviously, yes. It'll mean a lot more if they have her do that. Because otherwise, you're putting it on her and you've got a situation like, like a Carmella title run where people don't really believe that she deserves the title. You need to have her... Do some stuff. Oh yeah, obviously. Obviously, I don't. I don't think it'd be. Well, maybe it could be a situation where Ember Moon wins, either winning Money in the Bank or not. Um, after that show, she has to go on a run where she establishes herself herself mm-hmm. firmly and unquestionably as a top tier talent. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home. It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Uh, next, got a question from Thayer Thabata. There is Thayer Thabata. Hey guys, uh, would you rather give WWE wrestlers full control over their matches or full control over their promos? Now, not their booking, but just their promos. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Thayer Thabata. You go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, If we're speaking primarily in terms of WWE programming. Yeah, let's do that. um, I think the answer is obvious. It's their promos. Scripted promos, um, generally speaking, are garbage. Um, You rarely get a sense of the wrestler's personality. Um, They rarely seem genuine. So if... uh, the talents can work with the producer, uh, come into an agreement of what they're going to be discussing, uh, some bullet points, some beats they need to hit, and then let the talents go and and do the promo in their own voice with their own inflections, using their own uh, choice of words. I think it would be it would allow the performers an opportunity to show off their real personality, like we saw with Mix Match Challenge. Uh, every one of those charmings was and promos was endlessly charming. Because it was, we were just seeing them. Yeah, we weren't seeing characters as written by creative, as written by Vince. We were seeing their interpretations of themselves or their own characters, um, and it, it was it was it was entertaining. It, it it made everybody way more personable and way more charming. And I think if you just take that approach with promos across the board on main roster, you're going to see that people are going to be vastly more invested in these characters because. It, the performances are going to be way better. I mean, historically speaking, granted, there's been plenty of people who can't, who there's always a caveat though. There's some people that probably need some help in terms of, uh, organizing their thoughts. So scripted promos might work for some people. Yeah. Um, but I think by and large, if you allow talents at least way more input, um, into their promos than what, um, they've been apparently allowing them. I think you're going to see, uh, better performances across the board. Um, the nature of wrestling, I think, involves talents being somewhat involved in the layout of their matches. Um, and if I think the quibble now by most people um, when it comes to WWE product is not the quality of the matches, because by and far, it's better than it's ever been. Um, but I think people have a, a, a greater beef with the creative. And part of that is how uh, people have to do promo th- promos these days. So give talent a lot more control over their promos. And I think they're going to improve drastically. You know, what's funny is that I don't even necessarily think, I think that 
it's 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 actually kind of difficult to argue for matches. That was sort of my gut reaction when I saw this question. It was like, oh, the matches because, you know, like that that's an area where we focus on most is what's going on in the ring. They do seem to have some pretty quality producers, um, and by and large, the matches are pretty good. Um, although, as we've seen in NXT. Match quality could be improved vastly by maybe more preparation, which, as we've speculated on, the schedule really doesn't allow uh, on the main roster for that level of preparation. On no, top no, of that, no. you know they put they they go through the they really are put through. I've used the phrase twice now. Put the put through the ringer in those takeover matches. I'm not sure they even be able to do that. Um, you know, on a week-to-week basis, maybe yeah, pay- yeah. pay-per-view to pay-per-view. I don't know. I don't even think, I'll be honest with you, because I'm trying to think of, like, a bad promo right now. Like, week-to-week, we don't really... So this past week was a bit of an outlier. We had five or four people, five people, including Alexa, you know, four people, four people just yapping away. And that's kind of, that doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, in terms of bad scripted promos. You know, I mean, if you look at this past week on SmackDown, Kevin Owens, Kofi's promo was fine. He seemed like he was speaking from the heart. Kevin Owens is always great because I think he has a heavy hand in it. Um, I kind of don't even think that promos or matches are the problem right now with WWE. It's use of character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you, did, you did speak on one thing that is absolutely correct, and it makes me wonder if that's something we're ever going to see a change in um, and it'll be interesting to see how All Elite deals with it. And that's just personality, character. When you're trying to be something that you're not, it sometimes comes off as, as fake. And when you get more genuine people just being people, mm-hmm. the, a, lot of these, a lot of these wrestlers are coming from the independent ranks where they have had so much time to mesh who they are with who they are in front of people, the person and the character. And there's this awesome middle ground, like you see with Kevin Owens, for example, mm-hmm. which is like one of the best examples of this. Mm-hmm. There's awesome middle ground where I don't think that what I don't think bad guy Kevin Owens is like Kevin Owens in terms of real life. But there's aspect of but I Kevin think, Owens that is, is bad guy Kevin Owens. I think he is, he is perfectly meshed who he is as a person yeah. with what his role is He's on TV. Ch- channel aspects of his personality and, 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 and steer them towards the character he needs to portray on TV. I totally. don't believe for a second that Lacey Evans is anything like the person she's been tasked with playing on TV. I, we, there, there's a promo that she delivers on Breaking Ground, a very heartfelt promo about her background. And she doesn't, there's nothing, I think that's her. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Southern Belle person. Sassy Southern Belle. I don't think that's her. I think that's a character they're getting yeah, to totally. play. Totally. Lars Sullivan, I mean, I, I appreciate how they booked him very strong as a monster on NXT, on, on main roster. But something tells me that NXT Lars Sullivan, where he's talking a lot, is probably closer to who he is. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit more scary there yeah, no. than bad. I know. I mean, War Raiders. They're just a couple of dudes who have a proclivity for dressing up like Vikings. They're not literal Vikings. And it's more effective that way. Yeah, At is. what point are they going to just drop this pretense of, oh, this is what you are. Now you got to fit into that weird character. Yeah. Just go out. Well, and it's be- the Emelina thing. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, we have yeah. this idea for the character who who can play it. Oh, Emma's not doing anything. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Even though in no way plays to her strength. Hey, this idea. We've got this idea for a thing. No, how about you see who you have? There's a reason you've signed these people, mm-hmm. and and let them go ahead and be themselves. Yeah. Um, I think the one place where prom mm-hmm. where bad promos really stand out have been on two oh five, like Cedric. Got yeah. these where he just sort of stares in the camera. Tony Nice isn't a. I feel like Tony Nice. If if I'm just if I just have Tony Nice talk as opposed to trying to cut a face promo, yeah, which is kind of what he's doing, yeah. Um, I think that it'd be more effective. Yeah, I know. So I know. I mean, I just I get the feeling that if I if I see we talked about this earlier, Apollo Cruz and Ricochet are two guys who actually know each other, are actual friends. They go back a ways. I feel like if I just get to see them interact like a fly on the wall. Oh, it's going to be great. It'd, it'd get them over crazy like. Yeah. And I'm not sure what format or framing device you can use for that beyond just aping what TNA used to do with their fly in the walls type backstage That's stuff. do it, man. And I, I agree. I just don't think WWE is going to go there. No, they're not. Um, maybe a press conference type thing like New Japan yeah, yeah, yeah. does it. Like, or even how NXT does it. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the they kind of do. Yeah. 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 Uh, next, got a question from Wayne Maker. Wayne Maker. Scott on Steven Larson, Wayne Maker here. And I'm back with another Matt Chat question. And my Matt Chat question this week is about the botches that the WWE seem to be making with call ups and sign ins and sundry other things. Now, I'd like to get your guys' theories on why they're botching so many. Um, and mine is is purely because they signed so many people to stop other companies getting the talent and then what they're doing is they've got too many people and they don't know what to do with them so it's a bit like when your kids got all their toys out and you go no we need to put that one away because you're not playing with it and they're like no 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 we are playing with it. we are playing with it and eventually they get bored and they'll get released so all that potential from that particular talent has, has gone with regards to wwe and I truly believe that um, WWE got scared when the big resurgence of uh, World of Sport progress started getting big, um, New Japan started getting big, and they literally just scooped everyone in they could, and then they was like, oh, we don't really know what to do with them. Now AEW's come along, and it's like, oh, well, we just won't let them have them either. So what do you guys think? It's a bit of a convoluted question, I know, but... Um, it just it just seems to me that they're botching so many, so so much talent just for the sake of not letting them wrestle anywhere else. So, too sweet, hearty handshake. Cheerio. Thank you, Winemaker. Winemaker. Uh, I'll go first. This kind of speaks a bit to what I was literally just talking about. Um, but I, I'll also say this: uh, there is, for some reason, an odd disconnect. Between what happens in NXT at what and what Vince wants to do on main roster, I feel like that disconnect is is not how it was for a spell. For whatever reason, Kevin Owens showed up on Raw as Kevin Owens NXT, holding the NXT title, doing NXT things, calling out John Cena and saying, "This is the real title, not what you have. This is the title everybody should have." And then he goes back to NXT, and it's awesome. I, I don't get why they're now. You can bring DIY up as this weird sort of here's some exposure on and then but they're they're kind of not feuding but then they're I don't I don't know what this weird disconnect is where your hardcore audience 
loves this thing called NXT and call-ups used to be in a, a, a time for excitement and, and interest and buzz and graduation. And now we get to see this character who did everything they could do here in NXT. We see them get to take on, and it, this should be a big deal. This should be like when Jericho came from WCW. That's the level of excitement every call-up should have. And that has been sucked out of the building because Vince just needs these guys and he's going to plunk them in randomly. Well, then he wants to put his own stamp on them or something. So, yeah. I mean, Bob Root, I think, is the most glaring case where he comes in uh, 180 degrees from what his character in NXT yeah. was. And we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, this is good. He's a caricature of the glorious thing. Of the theme song, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the personification have, of the yeah, theme no, song. You do have the, 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 the instance where Drew, face in NXT, comes in as this crazy heel in Maine. But due to the power of his own uh, abilities, makes it work. Yeah. Because he's that damn good. Yeah. Let's say Bob Root isn't because heels get more to chew on. But if you're just generic, smiling baby face and that is your character, there's not a whole lot to do with that. And here's the thing. They succeed in spite of Vince. If you look at Andrade, I think he's been a success. Mm -hmm. You can't consider that not a success. Well, of all the recent call-ups, I think he's the one that got called up more or less the same character as he was in NXT. Yeah. Not a whole lot of difference. Yeah, yeah. He has Zelina with him still. Mm -hmm. So So I I, I honestly think that there is is an absolutely unforgivable disconnect between NXT and Vince, and I don't get why you'd want to alienate your hardcore fan. I mean, now more than ever, man, it's funny because Alvarez pointed out, Brian Alvarez on Twitter pointed out uh, this, the whole like, you know, Sami Zayn is out there yelling at the WWE Universe, calling him, you know, calling them terrible and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, Grant, I know he's supposed to be a heel, but he's calling him out. And then they wonder why their, their ratings are dropping. And I, I, it's funny because like Sami Zayn does operate as kind of a microcosm almost of WWE. It takes its audience for granted. It yeah. really, really does. Well, far too often it kind of outwardly insults their audience. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wait a second. So you want me to spend $10 a month? Your lead programming is NXT. And you're taking the pay-per-views out of it. Your lead weekly programming is NXT. I become invested in this. And then when they show up on, on regular TV, I'm supposed to just go with the fact that you are rebranding them based off whatever weird whims you have. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, man. I'm giving you $10 a month. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And, and I'm supposed to accept that. Yeah. Well, screw you. I'm going to go watch the NBA or I'm going to go yeah. watch the UFC. Yeah. So that's cause that's stupid. It is. It is. And I can't disagree with anything you just said because, uh, NXT does a very good job of establishing characters and then to spend, to invest all that time, sometimes several years in developing a character to get them ready, not only as a character, but as a talent, to go up to the main roster and then say, yeah, we're not going to do any of this now. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something completely different. I don't get what changed between Finn Balor get getting it. handed the Universal Championship out of an amazing, probably best ever NXT run, and then and glorious Bob Root. Where's the discount? Why, is, why have things changed? Because if Finn Balor got called up now, he would be lucky to land in the mid-card. He'd be lucky not to land on 205 Live. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Ricochet as probably, I mean, Finn had like a what, like a year and a half long run as NXT champion. Not quite. It was almost a year though. Was it okay? It was like oh. 290 days. Okay, okay. Uh, he had a lengthy run, top guy in NXT, and Ricochet didn't do that. 
But Ricochet is a Finn level talent. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm well, kind of curious both of to see them is that their strengths in NXT wasn't necessarily their character work. Yeah. Let's say they did bad character work, but that wasn't the focus. They both had a they, they both had the the aura of cool. Yeah, totally. You know. And you know, Ricochet will get over based on his in ring ability alone. And then Finn had the had the 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 cool vibe plus the demon thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, another thing that really hamstrings call ups is that there's utter another lack of vision on the main roster. Everything's yeah. booked from day to day to show to show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd heard that Triple H didn't want to be being called up from NXT without a six month plan. That's probably out the window as soon as he said those words. Yeah. If not before. Yeah. Because it's plainly evident that there's no plan for anybody. No. And uh, probably that's another strength of NXT is they plan things out. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm guessing to a degree they may not know anything, but talent might be uh, clued into what the long term plan is. I was very excited or when at Alistair, least a vision for their character. I was very excited when it was announced that Alistair was coming to uh, SmackDown away from Ricochet because SmackDown, uh, and I mean honestly, Smack SmackDown, whatever reason, whatever magic combination they have in their creative and maybe it's what we discussed uh, on 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 Tuesday's uh, Raw recap show mm-hmm. maybe it's the fact that Vince does not have a lot of time between Raw and Smackdown to, to get in there and tinker with it maybe maybe but then again Road Dog like left because of frustration out of that kind of stuff yeah. so I don't, I don't know no I, don't I mean know. we don't really know what the deal is yeah we don't know at all but I mean Smackdown does seem to handle things better than Raw yeah um so. Yeah, we'll see if that changes when uh, SmackDown goes to Fox. Yeah. Uh, next up, Rich. Two quick things. One thing is dead crowds. I'm from Ohio. I live about two hours from where SmackDown was at at Ohio State. The crowd was dead. What's the point of going to an event if you're not going to engage, cheer, boo, shake the person next to you with excitement? What's the point? Why go? And the second one is I just now saw the uh, contestants for the Women's Money in the Bank. My Hulu was not working last night, hence why I didn't have any SmackDown questions on the Patreon this week. Stupid Hulu. But it's clear that most likely a SmackDown woman is going to win. So one of you argue for Bailey, one of you argue for Ember Moon, because odds are it's going to be one of them. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. On one hand, I understand. Sorry, am I supposed to go first? I don't remember. First? Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there because um, the wrestling, he asked if you're going to go to a wrestling show, why aren't you going to go to cheer? So I, I can see there are two sides to this. There are definitely two sides to this. On one hand, uh, from personal experience, when you and I go to a wrestling show, we're not going to let crap wrestling get in the way of us having a good time yeah but that doesn't necessarily mean we're on our feet cheering screaming at the top of our lungs grabbing people next to us by the shoulders and shaking them because we're so excited right we will still have a good time we'll just sit there and talk or whatever we'll just we'll talk crap and even at our most demonstrative yeah uh excitable yeah we're not someone to be in the crowds the crowd jumping up and down, grabbing people by their shoulders and shaking oh, them. I, I elbow you all the time. When something cool happens, yeah, I'll start elbow, like, that's yeah. The, that's, that's like the peak of it, though. It never yeah. really goes beyond that. Yeah. Uh, if we're, but the, the bottom line is, man, if we're given, if you're given a crap product and if you're not given a reason to get excited, you're not going to get excited. You're not going to get excited. Now, when I go, I'll use any excuse to, to laugh and cheer and, and, and do that kind of stuff because I am kind of the opinion, hey, I don't get to go out a lot. I am out here to have a good time, damn it, and I'm going to have a good time, damn it. Um, but, but yeah, if if I'm given a load of crap, 
then I'm... You're going to respond accordingly. I'll probably respond to crap. At some point, my enthusiasm will wane, and I'll just understand that I've been, I'm being fed crap. Yeah. And WWE, they've been feeding, they've been giving out a little bit of crap lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially at, the, at those Raw shows. Yeah, and it's been shown in the ratings. Yeah. Um, second part of his question. I mean, Bailey is the answer. Bailey should win Money in the Bank. Um, I, th- I mean, as much as I'd like to see Ember Moon win, um, and if maybe if she hadn't gotten injured after the Rumble, we w- we would. She would have more momentum. Yeah, also. we wouldn't need to have this discussion about her kind of establishing herself as a main eventer. Yeah. Um, my word. Wow. Excuse you. Construction going on down there. So, uh, as much as I'd like Ember Moon to win it, um, if this. If Ember, or sorry, if Money in the Bank was happening in June, as usual, and they had a month to really build up Ember Moon, then maybe there would be a chance. But maybe Money in the Bank 2020, Ember Moon, I'm saying it right now, Uh-oh. top in the power okay. ratings. All right, there you go. I like it. Uh, next up, Steven from Geeked Out Nation. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, what's up, friendo? Steven here. Uh, quick question this week. When wrestling is boring, when wrestling is stale to you, when it's not even a bad show, but you don't find yourself enjoying it, what do you do? to kind of get yourself back in there, get out of that wrestling slump that you're in. Is it because you guys have each other that wrestling is kind of more engaging than it would normally be? If you guys didn't do this for a job or you didn't have your Steve or your Larson, what would you do? Would you just stop watching wrestling? Would you watch on a monthly basis? That's my question essentially. What do you do to stay engaged when wrestling feels boring to you? Too sweet, hearty handshake. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Thank you, Steven. Thank you, Steven. I'll tell you, man, when I was getting through that first hour of Raw this week, I was like, man, Ooh. I don't really want to watch the rest of this. <laughs> I feel like I know where this is going, and it's not going anywhere interesting. <laughs> and apparently, based on the ratings, I wasn't alone. Yeah. Because the third hour dipped below 2 million viewers. Ouch. Basically unheard of for Raw. Ouch. However, because I do this for a living, I do not have that option to just stop watching Raw. I got to sit through all of it. So I will say this. Talking about it on the show helps. Sure. It's, there's a certain level of catharsis that I find when I have to sit through a mediocre episode of Raw or a terrible episode of Raw, coming in here, finding stuff to laugh about, finding things to kind of be critical of, mm-hmm. finding ways that uh, things could be improved. Mm-hmm. Um, that Doing that makes an otherwise unenjoyable show enjoyable. Yeah. Um, if I didn't do this for a living um, and I didn't have that outlet, I would probably, if if there was periods of time where I was like, gosh, this just isn't fun to watch, I would just take a break. I would I, stop watching for a couple of weeks, yeah. keep tabs on it, you know, in some capacity, whether it's reading recaps or whatever. Um, um, and then, you know, pay-per-views, maybe check back in, maybe not. I would probably do this. I could just sort of knowing myself. I would probably watch NXT every week. I'd probably watch SmackDown. I'll do. I, I would do this. I would watch it to the extent that it keeps me interested. Mm-hmm. SmackDown on a week-to-week basis keeps me interested throughout, like legitimately, without even having to worry about doing this for a job. SmackDown does that every single week. NXT, by and large, does that every single week. UK, even most weeks, does that because I'm a big fan of the characters involved at UK. So I would probably keep up with that. Raw, I could see me totally tuning in and then tuning out because they don't do a lot to keep you there. Um, and then if something did happen, I'd probably just take a look at their YouTube. I'd probably subscribe to the YouTube channel and take a look at YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. Um, if 
I really was like, man, this, if I, if I, if I just let them if I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm Monday. I'd rather do something else rather live stream on Twitch. Um, I, I could see myself doing that and just keep taking out, taking a look at the pay-per-views. If I get burnt out, I would just watch the pay-per-views probably. So I don't know. I don't know. That's what I would do. But, you know, people need a break. I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, next up, Xena64 has a question. Let's see what he has to say. Salutations, friendo. So question of the week is, if you can have WrestleMania be held at another country that's not United States, where would it be? Would it be Mexico, Japan, Canada, somewhere in Europe? Uh, you choose. And which stadium? And why would you want it to be in that country? Uh, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Xena64. Uh, what other country should hold me? Well, it's freaking the UK, man. The UK. What's wrong with that? Nothing. No good. Okay. No, I mean, it can't be my answer. So it's not my answer. That's your answer. Have at it. Um, I think they're really keen on keeping WrestleMania within the time zones that found in North America. Hmm. Otherwise, Overrated. Because they would have had a WrestleMania over overseas if that weren't the case. Yeah, they would have. Um, so based on that. It's basically Canada or Mexico. They've had a WrestleMania in Canada before. So imagine WrestleMania, Mexico City, mm. Andrade, main oh, eventing. Oh, wow. That'd be pretty huge. That crowd would be ape shit. They'd be good. They'd go crazy for that. I'd love it. That's awesome. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be really good. Andrade versus Ray for the WWE. It's a, a hair versus mask match, but also for the I'm WWE sorry, title. a hair versus what? Mascarist. My Thank apologies. You. Thank you. But also for the WWE title. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Uh, next question from Christian. Christian. Hey, Steve. Hey, Larson. It is Fun Wrestling's own, the Hall of Famer, Christian, with a Matt Chat question for you guys this week. My question for you guys this week is regarding my favorite thing in the world, NXT. Uh, I was, um, there was a fake picture put out uh, for an NXT Money in the Bank match. And it got me to thinking. What would I rather see? An NXT Money in the Bank match or an NXT Rumble? Uh, with the winner getting a, a shot at uh, Mania Takeover. Um, too sweet, hearty handshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. And thank you for pulling over on the yes, side of the thank road. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what? I like NXT because. Uh, when they recycle old ideas, it's usually something from the past, a la war games. Sure. Um, and if they can't bring something new or revive something that people have generally forgotten, they don't rehash stuff that's on the main roster. 
So I really don't want to see Money in the Bank NXT. I don't want to see Royal Rumble for NXT either. Either uh, do World War Three or give us something new. Oh, World War Three! You mean the three cages? Yeah, the three rings. Yeah, as opposed to two because they two do war games is two. two two rings in a cage. World yeah. War Three is three rings. Well, what else? What else is something old that they can bring back? Being like the uh, spin the wheel, make the deal. Chamber of Horrors. Something. I mean, I'd just rather With they, the electric chair in the middle. They think of something new, a new way to uh, uh, to to do like. Remember that this. movie? Here, here's something that's old enough that uh, and not really we haven't seen a, a whole lot of period of late. If NXT brings back like King of the Ring mm-hmm. and say you win King of the Ring, you get a guaranteed title shot whenever you want. Give me something like that—a yeah. tournament where you have to you go through the ringer to That's win the it. Third time we've used that. Yes, one. whether it's G one style round robin or a single elimination, remember something that movie, like that. Remember that movie? Shocker. Yeah, I do remember that movie. How about this? Because this is a great this is a great movie poster. Yeah, it's right a good here. poster. Just to do yeah. an electric chair. It's it's Mitch Pileggi, the dude from X Files. Mm-hmm. Um, what about this? Like you do Chamber of Horrors match. And you recreate this poster, but Adam Cole's in the electric chair, right. and it's like painted. And it's like a shocker. That. It says shock the system. <laughs> That's it, exactly. Yeah, totally. That's exactly totally. it. That's amazing. There you go. Chamber of Horrors. It, wasn't that the name of the match? Something like that, yeah. I think it was Chamber of Horrors WCW. Want the electric chair, yes. Anyways, Steve, you have your rumble. Make your case. Yeah, that's great. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Chamber of Horrors, man. Right, that's go. my idea. All right. With the electric chair. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, next, got a question from Philly Flexer. Hey, guys. Boy, Philly Flexer here with a match chat question this week. <laughs> I watch y'all do. Uh, I was watching New Japan and I really like uh, Bushi's mask. I mean, all his masks were pretty much clean and whatnot. And I just <laughs> wanted to see. I just wanted to see if y'all guys think that a, uh, a masked wrestler could be a top champion in WWE one day. I don't know who it could be, but do you think one could be there one day? Thanks, guys. Say bye, dude. Thank you, Philly Flexer and special guest star Trunks. Thank you. Welcome to Matt Chat. Yes, Trunks. welcome. <laughs> Go ahead. I love all these Matt Chatters. They're adorable little kids. Uh, so, anyways, yeah, no, I think I, I'll, I'll let you go with your answer uh, oh. for that one. But I'll, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I think as a blanket statement, we've seen Rey Mysterio at the top in the past. Um, let's see here. I'm trying. I'll, I'll, I'll not go with your answer as a mass wrestler. Uh, who is there right now? Who wears a maskerous now that isn't on 205? Oh, in WB? Yeah. I don't think there is anybody. Besides Ray? Yeah, I don't think there is anybody. There's nobody else, really? I don't think but so. Yeah, I guess you're right. You get talent like Pentagon. Hell yeah, yeah. they're going to be the guy in a company. Oh, yeah. In WB? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. He's, yeah. He's, a, he's a great promo. Yeah. He's got all the charisma in the world, puts on great matches. Hell yeah. yeah. Heck yes. Yeah, watch your language around Trunks, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Without a doubt. Hey, Bushi has some cool masks. He does. L.I.J. are so I like so the mask he has over his mask. Yeah, I know. I know. The maskerous over maskerous. The maskerous over maskerous. Because he has his cool maskerous on. He takes it off with another cool maskerous underneath. Yeah, Pentagon has like the best. He's because he's got face paint and maskerous. I know. And he's got a series of awesome looking maskerouses. I know. <laughs> There's so many good maskerouses. Yeah, Pentagon, totally good. He could be a top guy anywhere. Totally, totally. Uh, next question from Andy Nero. Hey, friendos. Hey, Stephen Larson. Andy Nero with a match check question. Uh, this week, I just wanted to ask who had the worst 
most bungled uh, repackage entering WWE, uh, excluding the uh, Viking Raiders, Viking Experience, the Viking people, whatever you want to call them. Um, I'm thinking people like uh, Gobbledygooker, um, you've got people like Red Rooster, something along those lines, who had the worst repackaging, excluding War Raiders. Alright, take care, too sweet. Bye. Thank you, Andy Nero. Uh, I'll go first with this one. Your answer is probably better than mine, but just in recent memory anyways, I'm going to go with Kurt Hawkins. It led the face-to-fax stuff. They rebooked them as a Chuck Norris meme. Yeah, like that had already been super old, and it just absolutely landed a turd, and he went on a 260-some-odd match losing streak. Before being booked as like one of the weakest ta- in one of the weakest tag teams ever as champion, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's Kurt Hawkins that poor guy. And I, the, the crazy thing about Kurt Hawkins is that that dude has got boatloads of charisma. He is really good. He is really good. Um, and talk about a professional. Yeah, running with that losing streak. Yeah, eating Realizing it up the and the storytelling potential of it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Barry Darso. He was a member of Demolition. <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, the most dominant WWE tag team of their era. Um, they had the titles longer than anybody had to that point. And then they repackaged him as the Repo Man. Yeah. Why did he have tire treads over his gear? Was he run over? Yeah. I think the idea was he was he failed at repoing one time. Yeah. And, and he the, was run over. The person got away and ran him over. So I guess we should be we should be thankful that he survived that, that, uh, that attack. And moved on to the professional wrestling industry, but you have a guy who's who's booked like uh, uh, Granton amongst a, a tag team as just complete destroyers, and he comes back pretty much playing the Hamburglar. Yeah, That's he looked like a Hamburglar because he'd have that. He'd laugh. <laughs> I don't recall. I mean, I don't do repo people wear because he had a no, Hamburglar mask no. on, and he was skulking around the ring, which is funny, kind of. We <laughs> no, watched it tonight too, Royal Rumble. He was skulking around no, the it ring. It is funny, but I mean, he was booked as. A dominant, dominant wrestler. Do you think Vince got that idea from reading some weird fact about Repo Men getting run over? He probably read that somewhere, someday in like some some local newspaper while on the road. While also watching TV, or TV's on, he happened to look up and there's a McDonald's commercial and there's Hamburglar there. Was Vince just completely phoning in the, the new generation? Did, was he like, ah! No, I think he felt like those were all inspired choices. <laughs> and I think he still feels that way. Really? Yeah. Wow, you think he was like a thousand percent behind those choices? Yeah, man. Wow, I think so. I don't know, man. I think his mind was so many other places that he had like no time. I don't to know, do man. Stuff. I don't know. Good question to ask Vince, maybe. Yeah, hey, maybe. Vince, did you phone in the new generation, or really was it a lot of stuff? Or is it your was steroid it, trial and all that? Was thing. it your peak creative? Yes. <laughs> or were you feeling really inspired? You focused all your creative energies to distract yourself from all your legal proceedings. <laughs> was was new generation Vince unfiltered? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> People uh, credit Attitude Air for WB's creative high point. What do you say new generation is your creative high point? <laughs> uh, next, got a question from a new Matt Chatter, Tanner. Take it away, Tanner. Hey, Stephen Larson. With Backlash leaving as a pay-per-view option, what is another pay-per-view that we should dial back, maybe uh, limit it to just maybe an event uh, like Hell in the Cell or... TLC or Money in the Bank, which one should be reduced from a pay-per-view to just a type of match? Thank you. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Extreme rules. Let's get rid of it. Really? Yeah. 
What happened in Extreme Rules this year? Uh, just random matches that have vaguely extreme uh, stipulations. Extreme Rules. But uh, like pretty much any gimmick pay-per-view, gimmick-themed pay-per-view, mm-hmm. um, it, it just benefits from that particular gimmick being utilized as the culmination of a really hot feud. Like, you you shouldn't necessarily have Hell in a Cell every year as pay-per-view. I just stole your answer. Ah, why would you have done that? Ha ha. You should have a Hell in a Cell match when it reco- when it. You just repoed it. my idea. Um, same with any sort of extreme rules match. I feel like you don't necessarily need to have, what? This year, there was only one extreme rules match. Uh, I'm sorry, 2018. And it was Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Oh, my gosh. That was the only extreme rules match. Now, there was... Uh, an Iron Man match and a Steel Cage match. Kevin Owens versus Braun Strowman. Iron Man match was Dolph versus yeah, Seth Rollins. Oh, that's, boy. You know, sometimes crowds can be assholes. That's one where the countdown was on the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, get rid of extreme rules. Half the time, or last year, 90% of the time, they're going to have like, decent stipulations for these matches. Just have an extreme rules match when it matters for the particular feud. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So one of my, I considered like TLC. I was fine. With, I'm fine with TLC because you have like you can have a tables match. You can have a ladder match. You can have a chairs match. You can have a TLC match. There's like four different match things there. And they usually do a pretty decent job of distributing yeah. those matches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine. My the biggest one is Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell used to be the dramatic punctuation of a feud that really needed Hell in a Cell. That, or at least that was sort of the, the good idea behind it. Um, and then when it turned into its own pay-per-view and they'd have, yeah, we'll put like three of these feuds in Hell in a Cell. Oh, well, this, this past year, the, the feuds were so good mm-hmm. that like that, what five matches could have legitimately been in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I would probably say Hell in a Cell. My answer would actually be Hell in a Cell simply because you could have Hell in a Cell at a Mania. You can mm-hmm. have a Hell in a Cell at well, a Survivor still, still kind of do that. Um, they when, when's help. the last time we've had a Hell in a Cell outside of Hell in a Cell? Match? Shane and Undertaker. Oh, the match that I literally erased from my memory banks. Yeah, that was what two, two, three years ago. Thirty-two, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, we got a question from Christopher Rampersad. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is: Imagine if the Money in the Bank match was in the Attitude Era. Who do you think would have won it? Who do you think would have benefited the most of it? Who do you think would probably fail to cash in? Who do you think would have won the most of it? And what kind of speculation match would happen in the editor? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. I got to think about this one. Okay. And you recall, hopefully you haven't wiped this from your memory banks, uh, all the awesome, crazy stuff Edge did in all those uh, on this day uh, TLC tag team matches. Imagine yeah. if he'd done just a fraction of that in the very first Money in the Bank ladder match in say, 1999 or 2000. Yeah, man, people he would have been huge. Rated R superstar 2002. I'm gonna go with this. Six or eight. I'll go with whatever this. that was. The greatest heel, maybe in of all time, certainly of the Attitude Era. Was one H H H? Yeah. Triple H. Yeah. Now Man, he would have booked himself to win the first five Money in the Bank ladder matches. Exactly. Money in the Bank always works better on a heel. Yeah. And so I can imagine what big moment. How about this? What about this? Well, no, they wanted him to be a face at the time. At the end of Mania 17, uh-huh. instead of 
Triple H getting, uh, I'm sorry, instead of Austin teaming with Vince McMahon to lead the WWE into a new era of ratings being dropped. Uh, that match goes down straight up. I don't know, maybe Rock wins, maybe Austin wins. Triple H comes out, cashes in his money in the bank contract, holds the title up high, and there you go. That's how you close out WrestleMania 17. Something like that instead of stupid Austin and stupid McMahon All right. shaking hands. Imagine that, but with Edge. Dumb. Uh, yeah, but Edge was still like, you don't know me. You, you don't. You, you do not know, you know me. me. Never say you think you know me. I'm Mr. Money in the Bank. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Got a question? Oh, you got anything else to add? No, it's Triple H. That's the answer. Edge. Stephen M. He's got a question. What's going on, friend? It's the recent delight that is Bray's Firefly Funhouse, and also your talk of Guy Fieri and Gordon Ramsay. I was wondering what TV show crossovers would you guys like to see? Say Bray turns up on Sesame Street, or Undertaker and Kane turn up on Hell's Kitchen. Like just weird crossovers like that, and also part two, what gimmicks, like what TV show gimmicks would you like to see wrestlers take on? Say Ricochet becomes the host of American Ninja Warrior, some dumb stuff like that. So too sweet, very handshake. Thank you, Stephen M. This is a couple I got. First, uh, Chris Jericho should either be a host or judge on The Voice. It's mm-hmm. a singing competition. He's in a, be- a metal band. He sings. Yeah, that's good. That's a really uh, good one. Next, uh, CM Punk. Could either be host, which is more likely your competitor and ultimate fighter. If he was contested, he'd probably be first eliminated. Probably, yeah. And based on how we book Drew McIntyre and we book Raw, yeah. he is a shoe in to be on Naked, Naked and Afraid, afraid the survival cool. show where they send nude people out into the wild and make them fend for themselves for, I don't know, like three or four days. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that he, he, he would. He, he would like be fine. Yeah, he'd be eating animals with bare hands. He wouldn't care. I, w- I would put Keith Lee on Naked and Afraid. Bask in my glory. Yes, yes. My survival skills are limitless. Limitless. Yes. And then a deer starts chasing him. He yeah. Out. He pounces it. <laughs> he pounces a deer. Yeah, man. Oh, that's good. I get the feeling we're gonna have a lot of funny conversations about Keith Lee. I just get that feeling. There's so much going on there. Yeah, there's a lot going. A lot on. of great going on with Keith. There's Lee. A lot of great going on. It's limitless. He is conversations limitless. we're gonna have. Ricochet on American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, that's he what gets, M mentioned. He gets. Oh, he mentioned. Oh, I didn't watch the video. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Well, shit. Um, let's see. I just start looking around. Who who should be on uh, Law and Order SVU, Larson? Mustafa Ali, he's yeah, a cop. Yeah, there you go. But Rob no, Rude true, also. No, true, true Detective. True Detective. Mustafa Ali yeah. and Robert Rude. There you go. That's a good That's one. A new season. Yeah, I like that. And then uh, what What show do I like? What, what show do I watch? Keith Lee on Star Trek Discovery. That's good. Oh, yeah, I know, I got Alistair Black in Game of Thrones. Oh, that makes total sense right there. Yeah. Uh, the Viking Raiders on that Viking on show that Edge was on, yeah. Uh, we got a couple text questions next. First from Luis Ariza asked to power rank top five themes of all time, non WWE included. Mm. This is easy. Number one through five is easy. It's Kaze Ninare. It's the greatest wrestling theme of all time. Ugh. Nothing else compares. That's so it's not even that, close. That's so overrated. You're overrated. It's the greatest wrestling theme of all I time. I am overrated. It's maybe top ten songs of all time. Period. No, you're just saying that, man. No, no. Nothing is speaking. no wrestling theme is as inspirational as Kaze Ninare. That's not true. Name one. The NWO theme song. It's not inspirational, yeah, man. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I get hyped. When you up. when you're you're listening to the song and it says kick them when they're down, it's easy to reach them. That's not we are in control. Not inspirational. I feel like I'm in control. 
You shouldn't. Top five. Eric Bischoff themes. was even in control. Top five themes. Of he was supposed team. to be in charge of the company. Top five themes of all time. All right, Kaze Nidoray, number one, then Enavio. <laughs> uh, uh, Disturbs version of Stone Cold oh, Steve Austin. You're, 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 that's foolishness. What's that chemical one? The, the cane finger. One? What? Yeah, chemical. It's a finger eleven. Finger eleven's Kane's theme song, Chemical Burn. I think it's, it's uh, called Triple H's second theme, the Motorhead one. <laughs> yeah, the and first then, Motorhead one. And then Triple H's first theme, My Time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then I mean Jericho's Break the Walls Down. Oh, you got to put Taz's theme, his initial theme. That was great. Well, that's just a sped up version of Roman Reigns of theme. the Shield theme. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But still, when it was Taz's initial theme, it was really good. It was really good. Uh, yeah, those are all good. But then at the NWO, man. Because they need a right, man. It's so good. They made an NWO, NWO theme in Undisputed Era. It's awesome. Last question from the Howdly Doodly champion, Diddly Doodler. He says, I want you to debate which was better between the 2004-2005 Diva Search. I actually looked at the contestants in this. The, two, the, the list of contestants for 2004 is, uh, there's actually several noteworthy names. Pretty impressive. Uh, uh, Michelle McCool was in that season. Oh, here we go. Maria Canellis was uh, on that season. Chrissy Hemi won. Who's Amy Weber? Why do I know that? No, person? I remember the name. I don't know. And then uh, there's somebody else in that season. Bobby Sue Luther. Camille Anderson. Wait, who's that? Is that? No, I don't know who that is. Candice Michelle, Camilla de Cesaro. She's she's on Playboy. Uh, Chris Wasn't Michelle McCool that season too? Finalists. Michelle McCool. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Why? Where would? That's weird. What oh, that's this? the full list. She's over here. This is the full list. Oh, they're all on that side. Okay. Yeah, Michelle McCool was on. Joy Giovanni. So I'll, I'll go with two thousand four. Okay, well, I want to see 2005. We'll scroll down for it then. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, scroll down. It's there. That's uh, the list for 2005. Ashley Massaro, Layla Milani. Yeah, I don't really recognize any of those names. I don't know any of these people. I didn't watch this stuff. 2006 had Layla, like the wrestler Layla. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Oh, I liked Eve Torres. Oh, Eve was great. She was really good. Kind of surprised she retired. Did she retire? Oh, she just want to like get away from her, right? She just mm-hmm. like wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she was really good. Two thousand four gets the edge, I think. Uh, yeah, but still, kind of just not as Michelle. Michelle, you are diva search winner. You right. won my diva search. <laughs> you won my. I've been searching for divas. Far and wide, ever since I had a falling out with Sarah, I've, my original diva. I floated down alone on the River Stygian. <laughs> Will you be my partner on my journeys? <laughs> I need somebody on my wooden raft down the River Stygian. All right, that's a good one. And thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll oh, that's you. the last one. All that's right. That's the last one. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.